Welcome to the Easy AI Podcast, where we demystify the world of artificial intelligence one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Nova, and today I'm thrilled to welcome back Daniel Goodfellow to the show. Daniel, great to have you here again. Thanks, Nova. It's always a pleasure to be on Easy AI. Today we're talking about something foundational in the field of neural networks, the perceptron. So, Daniel, to kick things off, what exactly is a perceptron? Simply put, a perceptron is the simplest type of artificial neural network, and it's used for binary classifiers, which means it decides whether an input, represented by a series of numbers, belongs to one class or another. That sounds fairly straightforward. Where did this idea originate? The perceptron was introduced by Frank Rosenblatt in 1957. It was designed to model the way the human brain processes information, making decisions based on what it's learned. How does it actually work? Can you break down the process for us? Sure. The perceptron takes inputs, like the features of an object you'd want to classify. Each input is assigned a weight that signifies its importance. The perceptron multiplies each input by its weight, sums it all up, and then passes it through a function that decides the output. What kind of function decides the output? It's typically a step function. If the sum of the weighted inputs exceeds a certain threshold, the perceptron outputs a 1, indicating one class. Otherwise, it outputs a 0, indicating the other class. You mentioned weights. How does the perceptron learn what weights to assign? The learning process is iterative. You start with random weights, and then through training, the perceptron adjusts these weights based on the errors it makes as it learns. Can you give me an example of a simple problem that a perceptron might be used to solve? A classic example is identifying whether an image is of a cat or a dog. Each pixel and detail in the image would be an input to the perceptron, which then processes these to determine the correct classification. That seems quite powerful for something so simple. But are there limitations to what a perceptron can do? There are. A single-layer perceptron can only solve linearly separable problems, problems where a straight line can separate the classes. It couldn't, for instance, solve the XOR problem, where the classes are not linearly separable. XOR problem. Can you clarify that for our listeners? Sure. Imagine you have a data set where you must classify points into two categories, and these categories are mixed in such a way that you can't draw a single straight line to separate them. That's essentially the XOR problem something a single-layer perceptron can't handle. What sort of advancements have been made since the perceptron to tackle more complex problems? The biggest advancement would be the multi-layer perceptron, also known as a feed-forward neural network. By stacking layers of perceptrons together, you create a more complex network that can learn and model nonlinear relationships. How does adding layers make it capable of solving more complex problems? Each layer can learn to recognize more abstract features or patterns in the input data. The first layer might learn to recognize edges, the second layer shapes, and so on, allowing the network to make sense of very complex data. Are multi-layer perceptrons what we now refer to as deep learning? In a sense, yes. Deep learning refers to neural networks with many layers. These are capable of learning incredibly complex representations of data. So a multi-layer perceptron is essentially a shallow deep learning network. With deep learning being so prominent now, does the basic perceptron still have a role to play in AI? Absolutely. Understanding the perceptron is foundational for anyone who wants to grasp how more complex neural networks work. 
Plus, for simple classification tasks, a perceptron can be more efficient and easier to implement than larger networks. If perceptrons are that simple, can they be used for tasks other than classification? The basic perceptron, not so much. It's quite specialized, but its principles have been extended to regression and other areas through the development of more complex neural networks. How would you go about training a perceptron? Is it a complex process? Training a perceptron is fairly simple. You feed it training examples, let it make predictions, and if it makes a mistake, you adjust the weights according to the error. This process repeats until the model performs well on the training data. That sounds a bit like trial and error. How does it adjust the weights exactly? It uses a rule called the perceptron learning rule, or the delta rule. Essentially, the weight update is proportional to the error made and the learning rate, which is a small step size. What happens if the perceptron is fed with data that's noisy or has errors? Does that affect the learning process? It can. If the data is noisy, the perceptron might never find a line that perfectly separates the classes since perfect separation might not be possible. It's important to have clean, well-labeled data for training. With regard to data, how much of it do you need to train a perceptron effectively? It depends on the complexity of the problem. For very simple problems, you might need only a small amount of data. But generally, the more data, the better the perceptron can learn the subtle distinctions between classes. What about the speed of the perceptron when it comes to learning and making predictions? One of the advantages of perceptrons, and by extension, simpler neural networks, is their speed. They are quick to learn from data and make predictions, which is why they're still attractive for certain applications. Regarding practical applications, where are perceptrons being used today? They are used in various scenarios where quick, straightforward decisions are valuable. For example, in industrial automation for simple visual inspections or in control systems for their decision-making capabilities. Given that we now have much more powerful AI systems, will the perceptron remain relevant in the future? I believe so. The perceptron is more than just a tool. It's an integral part of the history and teaching of neural networks. It laid the groundwork for the algorithms we have today and will continue to be a fundamental learning model for beginners in AI. Now, if someone is just getting started with AI, how should they approach learning about perceptrons? They can start with the basics of machine learning and neural networks, understanding the mathematics of weights, activation functions, and training through backpropagation is key. There are many online resources and open source platforms where one can experiment with perceptrons. On that note, what would you say to those who are intimidated by the math and technical aspects of AI? Don't be discouraged by the technicality. Start with high-level concepts and slowly delve deeper. AI is a vast field, and there's a lot to learn. But with curiosity and patience, anyone can grasp the key concepts. Before we wrap up, Daniel, what's one thing about perceptrons that you find fascinating? I think it's fascinating how a mathematical model from over 60 years ago still influences modern AI. It's a testament to the robustness of the idea and the longevity of good science. Indeed, it is remarkable. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for enlightening us about the perceptron and its place in AI today. It's been a pleasure having you on the Easy AI podcast. Thanks, Nova. It's been great discussing AI with you, and I hope your listeners have found it as enjoyable as I did. Absolutely. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. 
Don't forget to subscribe for more AI insights and see you next time on Easy AI. Take care.